0: Welcome to Minisode 86 of Strong Language and violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer to musical things.
1: And I'm Andy Stewart, Hooray!
0: Hello there, how are you? I'm okay, mate, how are you? <laughs> not bad at all, for date stamp purposes, we were doing this at 10.50am on a Sunday morning, cutting it reasonably tight. Yeah, yeah,
1: again, I've been up since the crack of dawn, I've replaced some light switches. Excellent. I had some sausage. <laughs> Lovely and uh, Yeah, yeah, I've been embracing the Sunday, image.
0: Good stuff I have so far this morning um, So I haven't mentioned it on the show But I'm attempting Veganuary Yes, you yeah, are, yeah, well done uh, oh, Thanks so much um, I, I have been kind of uh, chipping away with this for a while uh, Well, I mean, 19 days <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I had, um, I had uh, Using all sorts of alternatives and things I had a chicken, bacon and cheese bagel this morning I kind of just had that while I had some music on And got all the preparation done for this Wow,
1: okay, lovely.
0: Um, So yeah, my Sunday so
1: far, going pretty great. Um, Also, go to see 1917 later, so this is all going fine. That's actually, you've had a a bit of a, I mean, we don't want to go into it too much, but you've been to the cinema a couple of times this week. Give me the highlights.
0: Aye, um, so yeah, that's actually a pretty reasonable segue into what we've been watching, because uh, on a non-genre tip, I went to the cinema yesterday and back-to-back two things, I saw Jojo Rabbit and uh, Little Women. Hit me with it, who are they? I I would say they're, uh, they're both eights. I would say Little Women, while not necessarily being the kind of thing I would go for on paper, I thought was really good. And I think that Greta Gerwig continues to just be really impressive at everything she tries. Right. And uh, Jojo Rabbit, for the first half hour or so, I kind of felt like I was really fighting with it. But you totally understand. Or the things about it that kind of nip at you or might nip at you. Become totally justifiable when you see what the kind of wider thing is that he's trying to do I would recommend both of them hundred percent. But yeah, to narrow focus a wee bit more onto uh Kind of genre stuff. I finally got around to it this week. I've had the link sitting for ages and i um, finally watched uh, Curtis David Harder's Spiral.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, cool. I, I, I've been waiting to I, I was hoping that uh, that link would also reach me
0: I will slide that over to you. Yeah, <laughs> so, you can, uh, so you can check it out as well. So uh, Kurt directed uh, In Control. Yeah uh, Fright Fest selection from a couple of years back. He's also produced uh, things like Stillborn for, uh, for Shudder, Harpoon, that a lot of people have been making a lot of noise about mm-hmm. this year. And um, What Keeps You Alive as well?
1: Right, yeah. Uh, Harpoon, I believe, coming to our old Video on the 27th.
0: Uh, I believe so. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was written by Colin Menahin and uh, John Poliquin, who are the co-writers of What Keeps You Alive. Mm-hmm. And I think Colin Minahan directed What Keeps You Alive as well, actually.
1: Yeah, we've talked about it on the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think that that's on Netflix actually already, I believe, that's out there. But yeah, what you have with Spiral is um, you have a gay couple who move to um, a kind of wooded suburbia with their 16-year-old daughter with this plan to raise her with good values and a good neighborhood and all this kind of thing. Uh, so it's an interracial gay couple. Right. And uh, what you have here is they kind of get there and they set about just kind of living a normal life and ingratiating themselves with the neighbors and stuff like that. All is not what it seems. And... Basically the mystery of what's going on in the neighborhood kind of unravels as it goes on while also kind of hinting at little things in the backstories of your two main characters or the two dads. Right. I think this is really good. It stokes the tension really well. It stokes your curiosity about what's going on in the past with these guys while also kind of like treating the audience like adults. Okay. And never having to actually just map it all out in front of you. As a story, I'm not entirely sure that I'm sold on where it ultimately goes. I think I'd need to watch it again to uh, to decide whether I come up pro or con on that. But as an overall piece of work and as an exercise in tension uh, that feels both really entertaining and really easy to get swept up in, but also really kind of pertinent in a couple of ways, I'd really recommend it. I'm not sure what the release information is for this just yet in the UK, but I will keep one eye on it because, yes, yeah, Spiral, I really enjoyed.
1: Right, OK, cool. Anything else? Uh, no, that's just about it
0: really for me this week. What about you?
1: I continue to kind of cling to the hope that my opinion's going to change, but I went out and I got the Blu-ray of It Chapter 2.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you se- So have you seen this already? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I remember when I talked about it, you'd seen it too.
1: So second watch, how did it hold up? I'm, I'm still not sold at all on it. The thing the film does best is its cast. Uh, its cast is this film's hugest strength.
0: Uh, I completely agree. I uh, I think that uh, this actually had a whole load of problems. I dislike this almost as much as I like it chapter one.
1: I, I still think it's pretty terrible. Any scene that doesn't involve your key cast members is pretty bad. I feel like Skarsgård's woefully underused in it as well. I, f- I feel like Pennywise's involvement's been dialed down to a real kind of low hum rather than the kind of scream that it is in the first film
0: yeah I mean I agree I think also that like everything that I kind of was willing to let slide in the first one that kind of nipped at me because I liked because I enjoyed it so much as a piece of work overall uh, everything that I kind of like I kind of just there was enough goodwill for me to let slide they're just not in this one so things like this kind of overuse of CGI or what I believe to be an overuse of CGI no 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 that's
1: that's the fact it's an overuse of CGI the last I'd say the last kind of 40 minutes is a an absolute shit show of CGI
0: it's also incredibly baggy, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is baggy. But what I will say is, I mean, in terms of a Blu-ray package, it's nothing to write home about. It's, oh, really? It's the. I mean, it's that kind of thing that a big company like Warner Brothers put out where they put a couple of featurettes on it, then they ram it out into the world and that's that. But it does have a commentary with Andy Muschietti on it, which is pretty good. Oh, cool. Okay, nice. Yeah, it's interesting. There's some valuable stuff in there and some insight that I think is pretty handy. So, worth picking up if you're a fan of the film? I think if you're a fan of the film, then you've probably got it already. Cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, anything else? Again, I'm being pretty negative this week, but I watched Dracula, BBC's Dracula. Right. Okay. Yeah. The Mark Gatiss, Stephen Moffat one. Now,
0: I've heard of Mixed reports about this. A lot of people seem to uh, seem to really like this to begin with, and it seemed to lose a lot of people as it went on. How did you find it?
1: I agree wholeheartedly. Okay. What I also have a problem with... I. Thought that I thought the acting was pretty bad across the board almost. Okay. I thought the production design certainly in the early in the earlier, but in fact pretty much across the board the production design's great. For me, that's the big strength of this piece as well. But I just felt there was too much kind of winky dialogue. Even back when Harker's like kind of fresh out of Dracula's castle. Right. Like so, a lot of the dialogue to me was cheeky in a way that I. have that made me roll my eyes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And it gets a bit Sherlocky later on, in a way that I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me, and I found my attention flagging. I'd say halfway through the second episode.
0: Okay, and, and it's a three-parter, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. by part three, um, I felt I was running on empty a little bit, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't really like up. I like you never recovered One thing I will say though is I saw a lot of people uh, on Twitter of course getting a bit fucked off by the homosexual subtext and undertone to it all Right, okay My my response to that would be that's kind of always been there in Dracula Yeah, uh uh-huh That's nothing new
0: Yeah, like this is a weird point on the timeline to get annoyed about that
1: Yeah I mean, watch Bram Stoker's Dracula I know you have and I know you love it um, uh, yeah. very good. In there, there's gay subtext all over the place. So mm-hmm. yeah, 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 To get annoyed about that now doesn't really make sense when it's always been there. This
0: was a BBC thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I kind of wish. See, like I, um, I developed this really weird addiction to you know the BBC show Points of View.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> where everyone kind of tweets in all the things that they're moaning about from TV
1: that week. Uh, did they? Did they do it by tweet now? Because I remember back years ago when Anne Robinson was. Do- Does she still do it?
0: No, it's like a voiceover now. They don't have a real host anymore. Oh, they
1: don't have someone like sat there.
0: No, like, no, 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 no. It's like gone are the days of like Wogan sitting in the chair.
1: <laughs> but I remember back the day when it was Anne Robinson. Obviously, it was like it was like mail uh, and maybe a fax. Yeah. <laughs> but as uh, it now, they're, they're now cribbing stuff from tweets as well. Tweets, emails,
0: Facebook, and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, point of views catapulted itself into the 21st century. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of wish that this was still on the go for Dracula, just to see the things that annoyed people about it.
1: I imagine BBC viewers being up in arms about it because one thing I will say and it's something that kind of Mark Gatiss is known for, I mean he's done documentaries about it, the guy's a horror fan, everybody knows it there's moments in this that are extremely gory and there's moments in this that are scary intense mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. done well Ugh, I just couldn't get on board I prefer the stuff at the, always pretty much in the, the Dracula story as a whole. I prefer the stuff when it's Jonathan Harker and Dracula's castle.
0: No, that's understandable. I mean, like I think I'd probably be the same. I, d- I don't know. I keep wondering if I'll make time for this, but I've been so thoroughly prepared for it being mediocre that I don't know if I can be arsed. <laughs> uh, but is that just about it for you this week? Yeah, that's it. Okay, so I'm gonna save your. Uh, I'm gonna save your throat. Oh, Alright, okay Here, and uh, just um, just immediately say Ref Shotways 100 Because we're still figuring out How we're going to do number 100 I haven't watched The Exorcist 3 this week
1: Okay, okay I thought you were saying Save my throat in reference to Dracula
0: No, no, no <laughs> No, just for uh, belting out the theme song To that segment um, I've had I... my honey tea, Mitch I was
1: ready I mean, like, you still can if you like No, what's the point For me now to do it Only to disappoint the listener?
0: well this is it I mean it would be very anticlimactic especially since I haven't watched it uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah no I'd, I'd like to say because we're still kind of talking about what we're going to do for watching number 100 uh, I think we should maybe just put that feature on hold for the moment keep watching the skies on that one because we do want to do something to mark the end of the shortways 100 but we're just not sure what yet <laughs> so moving on yeah what have they been seeing oh you really have haven't you see told you yeah, you were doing vocal warm-ups this morning, weren't you? Bumblebee, bumblebee, bumblebee. <laughs> uh, quite a lot of feedback this week, unsurprisingly. Um, a lot of it coming reference Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So, with that, quick <laughs> thank you, of course, to the director of sadistic intentions, Mr. Eric Penikoff, for joining us this week to talk Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Another really fun conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I had a blast. Uh, I had more of a blast in the conversation than I did watching the film.
0: Oh, 100%. However, we do have a little bit of a spread of opinion on the film. Dave Cooper, Deluxe Underscore Man on Twitter, I will always maintain that Mortal Kombat Annihilation is a perfectly competent film that was one or two rewrites away from being perfect. Having said that though, the fighting at set pieces are pretty good in it. The original Mortal Kombat is bad, but still enjoyable because it doesn't take itself too seriously. (laughs) Annihilation just fails upwards in terms of writing. Solid defense in the episode, almost makes me want to watch it again. Almost. (laughs)
1: I <laughs> see. There's a lot. There's been a lot of that. Like a lot of people saying, "I remember this being bad, but I don't know if I can bring myself to revisit it."
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. There has been a lot of that. Salter popcorn on Twitter. Kudos to watch for as Mitch this week for making me laugh with the comment about Raiden's short-lived time between retirement stints.
1: <laughs> so we've got our old pal Hanny at Hanny underscore Ray getting in touch. Mm-hmm. Similarly, about Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, feeling inspired after today's strong, violent PC episode ended mid-jog, and I then ran around the back of the park to the Mortal Kombat theme. I know I've got to, I've got to address something here, uh, Hannah. You have spelled Mortal Kombat with a C. Uh, <laughs> when anyone, with any passing knowledge of Mortal Kombat, knows that every single C, even if it makes no sense across the entire mythology of the games, the films, if there's a C in it, it's a K <laughs> every single word yeah if there's a C turn it into a K (laughs) (laughs) Um, you got more Mortal Kombat Annihilation I've got a funny feeling that you do I've got absolutely bags of stuff for Mortal Kombat Annihilation Ross McIntyre at sane underscore man getting Mm -hmm. in touch to say so 2020 is off to an amazing start good first two picks are both films I love loving the Congo podcast and eagerly awaiting the Mortal Kombat Annihilation episode to drop i hope it lived up to your expectations on the other side of that coin chris salt
0: ahead of the episode saying this is gonna have to be a very good episode to make up for forcing me to sit through 95 minutes of poundland power rangers (laughs) (laughs) which is actually a
1: brutal comment because power rangers looks cheap as fuck
0: that yes i mean that is true Uh, so hope the episode was worth the effort chris
1: yeah absolutely andy McEwen getting in touch saying this week's strong violent pc is gonna be great can't wait to hear mortal kombat 2. If they need anyone to defend Street Fighter the movie, I'm free, willing, and slightly horny. Um, oh, all right, okay. I wonder. I've no <laughs> idea if that's related to Street Fighter or not. Yeah, and I don't know how that would affect the podcast at all.
0: Uh, yeah, no. I, I kind of don't want to think about that, to be honest.
1: <laughs> but uh, I hope that you've done something about that, Andy. I right, take a cold shower, man. <laughs>
0: Uh, Andre Martins Han on Twitter Really wonder how this can be defended I just remember two things The infamous line delivery we all know And that I found it awful enough to stop halfway through The line Andre referring to of course
1: Too bad you will die <laughs> Thanks Mitch <laughs> Thanks Tony at Rhubarb and Mintz getting in touch Tony Constantino there He of Ron Mintz fame Yes 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 Tony saying 1997 uh, The year of Speed 2 Home Alone 3 And rounding out the unholy trifecta of shite sequels Mortal Kombat Annihilation I can almost guarantee if we take a minute to scroll through the films released in 1997 you will find more than one terrible sequel in there
0: oh yeah I would say there's definitely that's going to be a treasure trove if you've got to feel like it don't you
1: yeah I feel like that was a time where films were quite shite
0: (laughs) savage (laughs) but okay come at me
1: 1997 (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: do you have anything else on Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Because I'm ready to move to other stuff.
1: <laughs> I think it's best we both move on and put Mortal Kombat Annihilation behind us. In the rearview mirror, uh, we can see the weird Sub-Zero guy uh, just disappearing into the, the distance.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Probably best. Probably best. I want to say a quick hello to at uh, Kolak uh, on Twitter, who may be the fastest, I would say, ever to join the 100% Club.
1: We are saying that, Mitch. I mean, Canel could have been listening to this show for ages. Certainly Boom. before
0: he got in touch But to the best of my knowledge I would say he's a relatively new listener uh, Who seems to have barred through it In what I would describe as record time
1: I'm always interested to know If the 100% Club Extends to the actual main episodes Or if people are listening to this These mini This waffle That we put yeah. out on a Monday
0: Yeah, there's way more also I think time-specific stuff
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be kinda of curious about that as well actually. I don't wanna I don't wanna start putting rules and regulations on what constitutes a hundred percent club, you know? Hundred percent
1: uh, to me is hundred percent.
0: Every episode like every last broadcast.
1: Yeah, everything. Everything.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm happy with that. But yeah, that's Canel burning through the last of the episodes that he had outstanding on his list. Uh, it
1: always amazes me that people are willing to invest that amount of time.
0: Yeah, there's so much of this out in the world now, so yeah, always very much appreciated.
1: Well, let me tell you this, Mitch. You know, mm-hmm. If you can hold on to the sides of your head lest it explode. Okay. Um, this, as we are recording now, is recording 181. 181
0: recordings? Really?
1: Yes. My God. Take a minute to think of those poor bastards in the 100% club.
0: Yeah, Jesus, God, yeah, I mean, like, I know we recorded them, but they had to listen to them.
1: (laughs) I'm going to talk about Congo. Oh, why the hell not? John Crennan's episode from two weeks ago. Yeah, we've got Lee at Lee Hutchison getting in touch to say, as I enjoyed this episode while I was grouting my shower room. Okay. Now, the the reason I've left a pause there is that there is an ellipsis there. That
0: does make it sound like it's like a kind of like carry-on film style double entendre pause, but I can't think what that would be a
1: euphemism for. My, my initial thought, Mitch, is always wanking.
0: Of course. I mean, like, that's
1: um, true like, <laughs> of all walks of life for you. But if I continue the tweet, it does mean he was caught, because uh, his girlfriend popped in and asked why I was listening to a podcast with Anton from Love Island. Now, <laughs> I don't watch Love Island. I have no inclination to watch Love Island, so that means nothing to me. Um, I am
0: I'm going to have to trust them on that as well though although I do believe that uh Anton uh, was a guest on Love Island this year who was from Coatbridge or somewhere like that.
1: Right, a guest.
0: Uh oh sorry no, I'm a contestant. Right. Okay. I believe he was one of Love Island's contestants slash would-be shaggers.
1: <laughs> Is that the point? Did they just put people in a house so they can fuck?
0: I mean, as far as I know, I think you do have to add certain bells and whistles to it. So it's called Love Island and not just Fuck Island.
1: I, 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 but I'll be honest I don't know which one I would prefer to watch
0: <laughs> but, uh, No but thanks for that Lee I, I'll say I'm not going to do the necessary fieldwork on that but that did make me laugh when I read it this week
1: That also feels very much like someone just hearing a Scottish accent and associating it with the first Scottish person that came to mind I
0: don't know <laughs> Why do you have a podcast with Billy Connolly? <laughs> um, I might just have one more and uh, it's actually a Shotwaves 100 uh, reference Right, sure. From our old pal Darren Gaskell getting in touch talking Possession, which I watched last week and enthused about loudly on the show.
1: Yeah, because it's fucking amazing.
0: Because it is amazing, yeah. Was waiting to find out what Watchfairs Mitch thought of Possession. Would have understood if he'd hated it, but was really glad that he didn't. I love that film, and Isabella Gianni's performance is one of the greatest ever. There, I said it.
1: It's an incredible performance.
0: Yeah, I would need to watch it again before I started throwing around those kinds of uh, platitudes, but uh, it really does leave a mark, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, and what I would say about it is because of the nature of the film... It's probably a performance that doesn't get anywhere near the recognition it should.
0: I would be inclined to agree with that, I mean, obviously, like, I was aware of Possession, and I was aware that people talked about that performance a little bit, but I wasn't really prepared for it when I saw it and how it unfolded.
1: Do you see the the parallels between the underpass scene in Possession now and uh, Climax? That...
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got anything else? No, I don't. No, no, no. In that case... Yeah. It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. We'll have photoshopped out the title and the tagline and any other identifying text and leave only the image. My job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability and, where possible, give it both a title and a synopsis. Now, we will also share the image on social media, obviously, so you can play along at home. Last week, we had shockwaves correct reappropriated by me i want to say as the
1: nautical undead two rusty's revenge yes the sequel to the film that didn't exist uh yeah that's
0: right yeah the um, imaginary sequel to the imaginary film <laughs> um few people get in touch with uh pitches this week uh honey underscore ray millionaire's daughter jess tate and her toy boys yacht cruise comes to a dramatic end when they go off course into waters infested by the mutant remnants of a failed world war ii zombie clone experiment which are sick of living off bananas minions three we want brains <laughs>
1: I like the name Jess Tate.
0: Yes, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a yeah. fan. Uh, yep. Stuart Spark, uh, Book of Monsters director Stuart Spark, simply got in touch with Swampy Boy on the Bayou. <laughs> <laughs> Boy spelled B O I, which for some reason makes it much funnier, and I can't figure <laughs> out why. <laughs> uh, Faye Ellis uh, just simply saying weirdest Miami Vice episode ever. Right, yep. I will said CP Buckley on Twitter when terminally ill teenager Andy Hiller goes on a school cruise he gets more than he bargained for when the ship runs into engine troubles. When the ship drops anchor they crack the hull of a sunken German U-boat that contained a troop from a Nazi experiment into immortality. The troop rises from the depths and starts killing the passengers, however they seem unable to kill Andy. When he tells one of them to leave him alone it does as it's ordered. He tries this on another soldier who also does his ordered. Now Andy must decide whether to save his school friends or order the soldiers to slaughter them all in the 1983 B-movie schlocktacular Nazi zombie cruise ship.
1: Wow. (laughs) right, there's a lot to dig into there. I'm not being funny, but is that genius? Maybe, but... So the main character's terminally ill, so is he able to control zombies because he's at death's door? Perhaps. Who knows? I mean, intrigued.
0: The only way to find out is for C.P. Buckley to write this thing. And make it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lauren McIntyre getting in touch. Right. Hello. When Christopher Lloyd is killed in a freak boating accident, Michael J. Fox finds he's unable to cope with the loss of his friend and resolves to resurrect him from the grave. However, complications at the lab result in the rapid regeneration of a number of undead Christopher clones, who soon break free with the aim of wreaking bloody revenge on all seafaring vehicles. It's a weekend at Bernie's slash Back to the Future mashup that nobody wanted. Christopher's clone cadavers cruising catastrophe. <laughs> per rabo on Facebook, Invasion of the Giant Aquatic Zombie Lou Reed's. right okay Kevin Matthews when radioactive materials are dumped off the coast of the peaceful Mediterranean island of Macho Grande never forget it causes the revival of a number of dead shipwreck victims not only that they grow and grow to gigantic size Right. <laughs> with all attempts to stop them failing the military send in their best of the best Sergeant Major Humphrey Balaclava to try and save humanity <laughs> from these colossus crusted aquatic corpses with a final act involving a net handmade from seaweed superfuge on a pleasure boat and a special cameo appearance from Navy pin-up starlet Lucy Lipsync ships you'll find a tide of terror when you watch 1985's Food of the Gods 3 The Captain's Table Wow, okay. Yeah, quite fond of that. Tony Constantinou, when the estranged members of a once-popular 70s German electropop music group receive ransom notes from a diabolical thief who have stolen their master recordings and retreated <laughs> to his private lair on Kummerspeck Island, the group must put aside their differences and reunite to reclaim their back catalogue. Stealing a semi-amphibious ACV from a Dusseldorf veterans parade, the band must traverse uncharted waters and summon enough Deutsch courage to storm Kummerspeck and unravel the mystery of the autobandit. Bandit. <laughs> in 1986's the sensational electro hovercraft expedition, <laughs> and finally, Chris Salt: A dream boating holiday becomes a nightmare ordeal for college student Will and his friends when they accidentally sail into the path of a secret experimental shrink ray being tested by evil Nazi zombie scientists. <laughs> Adrift in a now deadly ocean, the tiny student must find a way. Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, hell. Adrift in a now deadly ocean, the tiny students must find a way to reach the Nazis' secret desert island research facility and reverse the process before the undead boffins catch them and wipe them out in order to keep the world from discovering their plans. <laughs> Surrounded on all sides by murderous Nazis, outnumbered, outgunned, and undersized, see, we will fight them <laughs> on the beaches. Lovely. In 1983's Maritime Misfire, what shall we do with the shrunken sailors? <laughs> Uh. we will fight them on the beaches (laughs) amazing that that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week or at least the listener portion Uh, do you have a top pitch and a top character name for me top character name Jess Tate very good, Uh, so a second week in a row of winning a batch of nothing for Hanny underscore Ray best pitch overall to Chris Salt What shall we do with the Shrunken Sailors? Very good, but I've got to say, really high standard across the board today.
1: Yeah, yeah, and special mention to Stuart Sparks, and also an additional special mention to Chris Salt for his use of the word boffin.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair. (laughs) Okay, so I guess it's my turn.
1: Yes, are you prepared?
0: Uh, As I'll ever be.
1: I am sending an image now.
0: Oh, so you are. Okay, here we go. Oh my, okay um let's see what we got here okay no border to this image the background is black um with what looks like some kind of dry ice or smoke (laughs) um in the foreground of the image we have a red uh white and green blur which is what i'm assuming you've uh, gotten rid of the title
1: yes i have used the smudge tool
0: very good yeah with aplomb uh we have a woman lying on her back who appears to be in a state of some distress she looks a little bit like she looks a bit like taylor swift (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah she's got kind of longish fairish hair um she is lying with what looks like a kind of bed sheet over her she is looking into the camera uh looking at the viewer and she has six different colored birthday candles stabbed into her chest in the background of the image we have uh, four children of the corn looking children uh they are wearing left to right red yellow blue and white t-shirts
1: Right.
0: There are three boys and one girl. Two boys are both blonde. The smaller of the two boys in the blue shirt is holding a large knife and also wearing a party hat. The leftmost child is wearing a red T-shirt and also Harry Potter glasses and has a bowl cut. And the right is a menacing-looking girl with a bow in her hair who has her arms folded and is staring menacingly at the viewer.
1: She has bags of attitude. She really does, doesn't she? (laughs)
0: Um, Yes, she is is a little madam. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right, okay, I think that's everything. uh four creepy children look on one of whom wears a party hat and brandishes a hunting knife while a woman in a state both of some distress and undress lies with candles stabbed into her, screaming at the camera.
1: Fine, yes, are you going to need a <laughs> minute? I think I will, yeah. <laughs>
0: going to say i'm extrapolating a little bit here oh are you
1: yeah
0: not like me i know but... no okay okay how are, you, how are you feeling uh not bad pretty good pretty good feeling positive right yeah. okay yeah okay lay it on me after emerging as the first successful test subject for a psychological rehabilitation program multiple murderer greg potter is released from prison in time <laughs> to make it home for the 10th birthday party of his son frederick Right. As a gesture of goodwill to the officer who oversaw his treatment, Potter arranges for the party to be catered by behavioural psychologist and part-time baking entrepreneur Lorraine Quiche. <laughs> Lorraine heads to his secluded country home for the party but little does she know, Potter has bigger plans namely to fulfil his son's deranged birthday wish of hunting a human for sport with the aid of his siblings <laughs> As night falls on the woodland home Lorraine faces a desperate fight for survival and must question her life's work in 1990's Mini Stabby Returns The Wanton Sons and Slaughtery Daughters of Gregory Potter
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, An redemptive rhyming title
0: <laughs> you cannot kind of beat them, you cannot beat them No, no, right. no Okay, put me out of my misery Yeah, what year did you say? 1990 Wow, we're
1: going back to 1981
0: Okay, so yeah, it's going pretty wild Yeah, and it's uh, Bloody Birthday Bloody Birthday, okay, that's pretty guessable actually If I wasn't going so elaborate and yeah. unnecessary uh, Okay, tell me a little bit about it and more to the point Who's our synopsisizer?
1: Well, I'm not going to tell you anything about it I'll tell you who is though Ed Sutton on IMDB Wait on me, Ed In 1970, three children are born at the height of a total eclipse. Due to the sun and moon blocking Saturn, which controls emotions, they have become heartless killers ten years (laughs) later and are (laughs) able to escape detection because of their youthful and innocent facades. A boy and his teenage sister become endangered when they stumble onto the bloody truth.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay.
1: Uh, I must admit this piqued my curiosity a little bit it's, good. <laughs> uh, it's actually alright yeah uh, I think it's out now on Blu-ray from 88 films in the UK cool okay nice nice yeah uh,
0: that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week if you think that you can top Mini Stabby Returns the Wanting sons and slaughtery daughters of Gregory Potter then you know what to do <laughs> that image is everywhere now so uh, get on the social media and get pitching
1: yeah get on the social media you sound like such an old bastard get on the social media kids <laughs> Does that have anything to do with Post Malone? <laughs> I don't even look. Like, I don't even know what a Post Malone is. I don't even know what Pre Malone was. <laughs>
0: right. Streaming platforms this week then. Uh, so a decent whack of stuff to be honest. Netflix on Friday. You have got the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Part Three. Yeah. Magic and mischief collide as half-human, half-witch Sabrina navigates between two worlds: mortal teen life and her family's legacy the Church of Night. Yeah. Uh, also Friday, you've got The Untaking. An inexperienced murder detective joins a desperate search for a deranged serial killer who possesses a deep obsession with young women's skin. Uh, heading to Shudder in the UK on Monday, you've got Body at Brighton Rock 2019 film. Wendy, a part-time summer employee at a mountainous state park, takes on a rough trail assignment at the end of the season, trying to prove to her friend she's capable of doing the job. When she takes a wrong turn and ends up deep in the backcountry, so maybe not so good after all, she stumbles upon what might be a potential crime scene. Stuck with no communication after losing her radio, she's shite. Um, <laughs> And with orders to guard the site, Wendy must fight the urge to run.
1: Yeah, this is a uh, Roxanne Benjamin's film. Oh, cool, okay, I didn't realise that. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I might try and get to it. And there's a, some good stuff in Shadow this week, actually. Um, also on Monday, we've got Torment. Newlyweds, played by Robin Dunn and Catherine Isabel, and their young son, find themselves at the mercy of sadistic madmen who secretly took up residence in a remote country home. It's played Frightfest Glasgow, I want to say, in 2014. and I remember thinking it was pretty good. Was it under a different title?
1: No. No?
0: No, 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 pretty confident. And uh, on Thursday, we've got episodes one and two of The Deadlands. Right. A mix of horror, action, and the supernatural as a murdered Maori warrior is sent back to the world of the living to redeem his sins. Oh, okay. Uh, Amazon Prime almost inevitably. On Friday, you have a new episode of Vikings. (laughs) and uh, coming to Sky Cinema this week on Friday, hopefully striking a blow um, against people watching the wrong escape room uh, Adam Robitel's escape room lands on Sky Cinema on Friday, six people from different walks of life participate in an escape room competition to win $10,000, things change when they find themselves in horrifying circumstances
1: it's very silly yeah,
0: I quite like Adam Robitel, I might watch it I don't know, we'll see,
1: we'll see (laughs) pick of the week, I'm going to let you choose Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to say either Series 3 of Sabrina or Body at Brighton Rock.
0: I was thinking kind of those two as well, so that's fine. So there you go. A whole load of stuff for you to be getting your teeth into this week. And if you do watch any of it, give us a shout back. Let us know how you got on. So, time to turn our attentions to this week's show. And it seems like an appropriate time to mention that we're making just a slight change to the release schedule and structure this year.
1: Yeah, just a little change. It'll still be episode on a Monday, episode on a Friday. But what we have decided to do is we're going to have one Andy
0: versus Mitch episode per month.
1: That's 12 a year just of us talking shit.
0: Um, yeah, because, I mean, it's... it's seems like obviously the tone of those episodes are really different but they're just as much fun and uh the interactions and everything feel kind of different as well and it's always just a little bit fun to keep things fresh
1: also from a scheduling point of view it's a little bit easier for us in terms of wrangling and negotiating with guests and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: exactly. There's that to it as well. So in the spirit of that, we are doing an Andy versus Mitch episode this week. Now, we're not counting the Christmas episode where Jack Frost was your idea because I was kind of on board with that and we were going to pick something kind of silly anyway. Yeah. So the last proper Andy versus Mitch episode we did was in November or December and it was Body, uh, which was, of course, a selection of mine. So... Ball's back in your core, and I am flying blind here. I don't know what you've chosen.
1: Okay, so uh, go back to 1979. Okay. And the film that I've chosen is Giulio Paradisi's The Visitor. The Visitor, okay. I know uh, nothing about this. Excellent. Do you want a, a very quick synopsis? Yeah, why the hell not? The soul of a young girl with telekinetic powers becomes the prize in a fight between the forces of God and the devil. Yes. <laughs> I know a, a few people out there are going to be incredibly excited by the prospect of doing The Visitor.
0: Oh, really? Okay, okay. Yeah. Good. Give the people what they want, that's what I say.
1: Yeah, and it's a riot of nonsense.
0: <laughs> a riot of nonsense. Gotta say fairer than that. So, The Visitor, so where can
1: people get this? It's on YouTube in its entirety, it seems. <laughs> yeah, you, you might that's as good a place as any. You, if you're fancying something a bit more in-depth, uh, there's an Arrow Video Blu-ray.
0: Always good. So, a couple of options for you there, but this Friday we are doing the first of 12 Andy versus Mitch episodes in 2020, and we are talking the visitor. How do you feel about that? Get in touch and let us know. Um, you can do that through all the usual channels Facebook and Instagram, we're Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, and you can email Strong Scenes at gmail.com.
1: Yep, and as you know, we have a website. Go on and check it out. I think you will find that our Tee Public page is updated. Intriguing. Yeah, so there might be a couple of new designs on there. Go and have a look. And uh, yeah, you can find links to our live shows as and when they're announced. You can find links to where you can listen to us. You can find links to all the social network places. And there's also a contact us form if you want to drop us a little line, much like Matt Cooper did earlier.
0: Uh Aha, that's at strongviolentpod.com. Yeah. We are back Friday. It's Andy versus Mitch, and we're talking The Visitor. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chance. Goodbye. Bye.